Joe Ryan is absolutely excellent. Twins get a big hit late from Luis Arise, and they won a game in Cleveland Sunday. Let's break this thing down on today's Locked On Twins postcast. You are Locked On Twins postcast, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, your team every day. And welcome to another edition of our Lockdown Twins postcast. It's Sunday, September 18th. I'm the host of Lockdown Twins, Nash Walker, here with writer and reporter at Access Twins, Mr. Brandon Warren. Before we get started, it's Sunday, which means football is here. College football is also here. You're going to want to go play. At betonline.net, we got the postseason coming up for baseball. BetOnline is the best site for all your betting needs, odds, lines, everything you're looking for. BetOnline is where the game starts. Head over to betonline.net today. Brandon, Twins get a really nice win. They pitched extremely well today, and it started with Joe Ryan. Yeah, top six of Cleveland's offense goes hitless, and it's just a tremendous job by Joe Ryan coming off what was obviously a tremendous job the time before. And, dude, just what the doctor ordered going as long as he did into the game after the woes the Twins have had the last few days keeping guys in the game and cycling through relievers, all for an effort to try win a game, which before today um, had not happened in the series. So, yeah, nice little insurance run there um, later. Two insurance runs there, too, and then uh, the Jake Cave homer. Just a really nice overall team game, get back to 500, and I don't know, play out the string and see what happens, I guess. Well, it seems pretty clear. Maybe because Ori Lopez threw 20-something pitches last night, it's possible that Duran was always going to get – a safe situation today, but do you think Brandon that he's officially jumped Jorge Lopez as kind of your, your guy in the ninth inning, or do you still view that as, as Duran's floating around? No, I think it's kind of a mix and match, honestly, based on matchups, workload and everything. I just, I cannot see Rocco committing to one or the other, like he did to Taylor Rogers down the stretch there before he was traded. So I'm not ready to say that yet, but at the same time, he came in, he did the job that everybody has wanted him to do all season long, which is only going to raise those people's volume of their voices saying that he should be the ninth inning guy. And I mean, I get it. You know, we've all been watching this team under Ron Gardenhire have the traditional seventh inning guy, eighth inning guy, ninth inning guy. So we were all brought up on that, but I don't know. We'll see if Rocco sticks with it. I'm convinced it's, Less, it's more unlikely than likely. Eight for eight, I believe, in save attempts this year for Yuan Duran. Uh, so whatever spot you put him in, you feel pretty good. But he did have that rougher outing through the wild pitch. I don't know if you want to put that on Gary or Duran in the opener of this series, but it's great to see him go out there today and, and have that scoreless ninth inning. And I want to talk to Samson says, uh, finally, uh, a dang win. <laughs> Doesn't change much, but always good to see Joe have a great outing. I mean, to me, Brandon, Winning down the stretch, like spoiling the White Sox chances, that's attractive to me. Uh, at least, you know, that's kind of all we have at this point. But that's mm-hmm. much more attractive to me, of course, than like just fading away down the stretch. So I would like to see them win. There's no reason not to not to try to win these games because the draft pick, uh, it doesn't matter as much in baseball as we know. Yeah, and I think tanking is nonsense anyway. I just think it's it's foolish. It, 
it invites losing into your organization and that's a stink that's hard to get off. Yeah. I want to see, and I think I said this yesterday too, you know, let's see some more Louis Varland. Let's see some more Josh Winder. Let's get a feel for what these guys are capable of. Cause it's going to be yet another big off season of building around a bunch of guys who, if they can stay healthy is a pretty good core. So down the stretch, I mean, I'll still be watching with, uh, with bated breath, watching closely as I'm sure you will too, but the spoiler role can be fun if you come to peace and come to grips with the fact that October baseball is not going to happen, at least not outside of the games that they're making up for what they missed with the lockout at the beginning of the season. There'll be October baseball. It'll just be regular season baseball. So yeah. Um, or is it 16 left? I think. Yeah. 16 left. Only 16. That's Buckle crazy. Up. It's still 10% wow. of the season. That's crazy. Joe Ryan on the year, 25 starts clean, 137 innings, a 361 ERA, uh, wins above replacement at 1.7. So overall this year, Brandon, I think that's a that's a pretty good outcome for Joe Ryan in his rookie season. I know down the stretch last year, he did look like a, a true frontline guy. I don't know if you ever felt that way about him. I think he slotted in as a, a solid mid-rotation arm for the most part for this team. But again, he's a rookie, so that's a, that's a good year for him. They don't have a lot in common, but he gives me Jake Odorizzi vibes where it's a guy who can move the chains for you. It's a third down wide receiver. And, you know, if you need someone to kind of hold the rotation together, Joe Ryan's a good guy to do that. Is is he better than Sunday Gray? Is he better than a healthy Tyler Malley? No, I don't think so. Is he on the same level as like a Chris Paddock or who knows what Kenta Maeda looks like when he comes back? Yeah, you're probably onto something there if that's what you think, but you know, teams need starters like that on a, on a really great team. If he was your fourth or fifth starter, you would be elated. So, um, you know, great stepping stone. He had a lot of learning situations along the way, whether it was coming back from COVID, whether it was learning to maybe, um, you know, how to mix and match with his fastball. But the reason I go back to that older is comp is because he's so fastball heavy and, you know, it's, it's not the same batted ball mix and that sort of thing, but the repertoire based off the fastball to me, it screams Jake Odorizzi, and Jake Odorizzi is a pretty dang good pitcher. Bailey Ober this year, just 38 and two-thirds, but a 349 ERA. I mentioned Joe Ryan at 361. If you can get like full seasons out of both of them next year with, with ERAs in that range, I think you feel pretty good, and then you need more health from, as you mentioned, Maeda and Mally and, and Sonny to be healthy too. But, I mean, we've talked about this before. It feels like they're going to have some options next year in the rotation of of more depth, hopefully, but there are a lot of injury question marks. Reese says Otani on Friday. I did not see. Is he the probable? I assume he's probable I mean, on take Friday. A yeah, to pitch against the Twins. Uh, yeah, I mean he's he's must must watch. And as we said, like it's it still benefits the Twins to win. Like I I would love for them to spoil the Sox chances in October. That would be that would be amazing. So the Angels this weekend after I think they go to Kansas City. Uh, after Ooh. tomorrow's game and then- Otani and Ryan on Friday is what ESPN says. ESPN's a little bit shaky. And I like sure, roster yeah. resource better, but whew, that's going to be a fun one. If that's what happens. Otani Ryan, that does sound fun. This is a good win for the twins. I mean, if they can win Monday salvage two out of the five after how these first three went, nobody's happy about that outcome. Nobody's writing home about winning two out of five. When we said they needed to win minimum four, Save a little dignity winning two, though. And, and as I said, you'd rather win than lose even now. Yeah, keep the fans happy. Keep them engaged with the Vikings playing tomorrow night on Monday Night Football, as you alluded to with your bet online ad. Um, it's not a death march, but it's, I don't know, failed expectations and 
and all that. I, I get why Twins fans are sullen and gloomy, but the Twins basically gave us the season we should have expected. Now it's just frustrating because you see so much more potential if Royce Lewis had stayed healthy, if Chris Paddock had stayed healthy, if Tyler Malley had stayed healthy, or Jorge Alcala. I mean, the list goes on. The beat goes on, and it just it didn't happen. They blew the five-game lead, and the rest is history. Down six now in the Central, I believe. Down six games. Uh, so down the stretch here, Brandon, we talked about this last night, things that you're looking for from the team down the stretch. I think a Joe Ryan solid finish would be awesome. I think a Jorge Lopez solid finish would be awesome just to uh, to gain that confidence for next year. I think this year is actually, and I'm, I'm curious of your perspective on this because you you've covered the team for a while now. This year to me has been harder to evaluate than last year. Because it just feels like I was trying to get a feel on this team all year. We never really got that feel. Last year, they were they were pretty simply disappointing and awful. This year, it's just been so up and down. But since Memorial Day, it's been a, a slow burn. Has it been more difficult for you this year? For sure. It's maybe not quite as frustrating as 2018 was as far as expectations and not meeting them. But And, and I've noticed, noted this before. Like when you have – an average of five of something, but you either have zero at all times or 10 at all times, you never feel what that five actually feels like. Well, that's going to be the same thing for the twins who played at a 90 win pace for ha- for a quarter or better of the season. And then a 70 win pace and are going to finish with probably 80 or 82 wins. And fans are just going to be left. Like this is what 82 wins feels like. And it's, I mean, you feel like Angels fans because that's the pur- the purgatory they've been stuck in now for what feels like a half decade. And so, yeah, you're just kind of left in the middle ground. You know, it's like, what do you make of guys who have decent partial seasons? And what do you make of guys who didn't have very good seasons but had injuries? You know, Kepler, Polanco, that sort of thing. And it's, it's difficult. It's a difficult evaluation process. And it's going to be a difficult season not only to evaluate but just to put to bed because um, expectations didn't start out that high, but you artificially elevated them by starting off so good. And when you lead by five games at the point they did, your chances of making the postseason are very, very good, and they just let it slip away. A lot of potential it felt like with Correa and Buxton in the postseason, and they make those moves at the deadline. felt like they had some upside to win a a playoff series, you know, win that wild card series at home. So uh, definitely disappointing. Reese has some cautious optimism for next year. Still too many injury question marks for my liking. That's not going to change. That's going to be yep. uh, that's going to be a theme throughout the offseason. And uh, we have plenty of work ahead, certainly. And the Twins do as well. Brandon, thank you so much. Reese, thank you. Thanks, everybody. I want to talk to Samson. Thank you. Twins win. Hopefully get uh, two out of five Monday and we'll be back. Thanks, Brandon. You bet.